Hey, welcome to the Culture Kings Podcast, the podcast that I don't host. But it is hosted by my good friends Edgar Montplazier and Jockey Snail. Very good guys. These guys are just going to talk about pop culture, sports, you know, a lot of shit. Shit people care about. I don't know how to put it. It's like... Podcasts are like a mosh pit. And if you ask them to stop, they'll start shit. I'm talking sports to politics to back and forth to plead the fifth. And now I'm coming back for more. Bling, bling, really big ring. Basquiat with the crowny thing. With the comedians with the clowny thing. So you better bow down as the Coach Kings. It's damn fire, man. Oh, oh yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's over. Me too. That's what it is. Fucking I work with me. In Encino, and I was literally oh driving God. to work yesterday, and then the sky turned orange, and I was like, do I have to go to work? <laughs> like, why should I have to be going towards the fire? Yeah. <laughs> All right, like, can I can I ask y'all for real though? Do y'all think that the the shit that we put up with as Californians is worth it? I've, I legitimately thought about that yeah. yesterday. Do you I mean, think it's worth it? Do you think it's worth sun all year? So here's the thing. Like, <sighs> That's should, a good question. Yeah. It's complicated. We're talking earthquakes. It's, it's complicated. We're talking fires. We're talking mudslides. It's complicated. Yeah, it's but, worth it. <laughs> but we're also talking traffic. Yeah, yeah, and we're talking, we're talking the Hollywood trash industry. people. Trash. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's a complicated question. I'm, I'm actually at fifty fifty. I've been thinking a lot about not yeah. living here. Where are you from? <laughs> I lived in New York for eight years before yeah. I okay. lived here. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, I did think it was worth it until mm-hmm. this year. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> yeah, because people would say that L.A. When I was in New York and moving to LA people were just like first of all people are trash there yes and then they would say that there's no weather like LA people like to say that we don't have any weather and I was just like do That's you guys lie. know what weather is yeah. <laughs> because you have plenty of weather yeah. yeah plenty of weather exactly I was just like in in from uh November to February it's cold it's cold rainy and it's rainy then you have a spring. Mm-hmm. Then you have a, a, a hot girl summer. <laughs> then you, I mean, you have You have a weather. hot girl fall, too. You the do. Fall be hot. The fall be hot. <laughs> it's October hot. right now, and I'll be, I was sweating my balls yeah. off yesterday. Yeah. And then you also have a season where there are literally fires. <laughs> I'm just like, what? It's crazy. And it's during the cold season, yeah. which I don't understand. And then, is bananas. And then at any given moment. The earth can just quake. 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 <laughs> That's the one that I you had to think what? about. I had, uh, so this year I also experienced my first quake that I actually felt. Oh, it was yeah. like oh, a few the months two, ago. The yeah, one. The two, yeah. yeah. It was the was one, the one when yeah. uh, Kawhi Leonard signed to yes. the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> That's the only thing I remembered from it. I do remember that I was at an Ethiopian <laughs> restaurant and the glass wall um, sh- shattered. No. It didn't shatter, but like the, a huge crack came in the middle Damn. of it. And I was like, are we going to die? <laughs> right? I'm taking this tips to go. One. Let's go. Give me this tips in the box. But definitely from there, I was just like, is it worth it to live here? <laughs> I, and I've felt aftercakes ever since. Like ever, every time like there's like a rumble from traffic, I think it's an earthquake. Of course. I'm just like traumatized. How, how do you live if it's worse? I I mean I'll take the snow, right? Right? Sometimes know, I'm just bro. like, should I just take snow? I'll take the snow though. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know. <laughs> bro. I don't know. We say that now and then go step it's outside true. in like eight it's degrees. True. It's true. <laughs> you be like, That's God damn, man. It's worth it. <laughs> I'm I was crying when we were in Chicago. Yes. Bro, it's cold as it's shit. Cold, and it wasn't dude. even that cold there. It wasn't. I lost my favorite for that was that was a <laughs> mild then, weather day. It's not even just the cold. You you don't get that vitamin D. You need that yes. vitamin D for so to not so you don't want to kill yourself yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. so True. depressing and gray were you are you uh i forget 
what what an area Haitian are you are. Are you a Boston Haitian or a Florida Haitian? I'm both. Wow. So I'm, I'm, and I was born in Haiti. Okay. And then we moved to Florida first because that's the closest hop, skip, and a jump of to course. America. Of course. That's the classic. Then we went to Boston. Oh, wow. And then I found my way to New York. All three of the biggest the Haitian biggest diasporas Haitian. Yep. in America. <laughs> yeah, so you I'm hit them all. incredibly Haitian. For some reason. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, my when you said I was born in Haiti, my phone like glowed. <laughs> And like was like, can I help you more? Uh, like it was like the OK Google came. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, now, yeah. Uh, Wait, that's what dope. town were you from? Town or city in Boston? In Haiti. Oh, Saint Louis du Nord. I don't know where that one's at. Yeah, it's like up north. It's like very. It's like being from the suburbs of Haiti. You okay, know? it's like you're from the country. That's where I think. I, yeah. my, my dad's from Jacmel. Yeah, that's is that a kind city. of similar. Yes, oh, that that's is a, a city. city. And my dad is from. Um, he's from La Toti, but his family La Toti is the island of okay. Tortuga Island or something. It's called in English. And he, his family mostly lived in. Um, Oh my God, what is the capital of Haiti? Port-au-Prince. <laughs> Port-au-Prince. His family mostly lived in Port-au-Prince. And so when my mom and my dad met, he's still to this day makes fun of her for being like from the country. He yeah, calls that's what her, my like, dad. A country mouse or. Yeah, because my mom yeah. was from TV. Yeah. And like my dad's mm-hmm. always just like, oh, your mom's a country bumpkin. Yeah, she's a country bumpkin. <laughs> he's a city slicker. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Bro, it's, it's so interesting. I, I don't, jealous is the wrong word, but I find myself sometimes envious. Of the fact that, you know, like my grandparents were from Arkansas, Mississippi, but mm-hmm. they b- came to Chicago when they were like 17, yeah. 18. And so that's their home. My mom was born in Chicago. I was born in Chicago. So I don't have like this. What are you talking cool... about? Every time. Oh, sorry. No, go I, ahead, I mean, like I do. <laughs> I, I just I do, wanted to but... interrupt you so bad, but I'm not going to do it. But no, what I mean <laughs> is like I don't have a sense of talking about the history of where my family's from because we're all kind of from the city of Chicago. Well, see, so this is a feeling that is um, very normal amongst regular blacks. Mm-hmm. I, I put mm-hmm. this I'm in trying quotes. to make the word black Americans yes. a thing. Like amongst black Americans that mm-hmm. I meet, they feel that they don't have history. Well, that's, that's probably wrong. I do have history. I mean, yeah. like, I don't, I, don't, I don't get a sense. Like, my grandparents don't talk to me about living in Chicago when they were 20. Yeah. Or yeah. they don't talk to me Even about... Even though it's probably wild stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally but like, they feel what? like they don't have to because what? they're like, you were born here. No. As we're talking about to... early 20th century Chicago, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, that has to be wild. That has to be wild. Especially coming from Mississippi and Arkansas. Right. There's probably so many stories. Yeah, man. It's a lot of stories. and But for whatever reason, they don't feel the sense to even let me know about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's just because there was... To them, it wasn't a sense of, I'm from a different yes. place. Like, well, I do from... have to say, my grandparents didn't really, and my parents yeah. don't really talk. I have to dig. I have yes. to ask questions. Yeah. Yes. I get it from Same. cousins. I, you know what it's, I mean? It, like, they don't really talk about you it. You have to kind of like, cause yeah, <clears throat> our, our parents don't, our parents don't talk about it because they feel like, kind of in a similar sense, that like, it's not like, oh, you know what it is. It's like, oh, we left something worse to come to something better. And so they don't talk about it because they feel like, we don't care. Like, I don't know how to explain yeah. it, but like they're like, why would you want to know about back then? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what that mindset is about. Yeah, it's it's so like, weird. Of course, I want to know what. Like, it's like. so yes. my granddad was in Vietnam War. That got crazy. exposed to Agent Orange. That's insane. Wow. And like, and this nigga don't talk. About, I mean, I get it. I get why he yeah. don't talk about it. Yeah, I don't know if he's like, hey, yo, that case, one come I here. Get. let me tell you a story. Yeah, let me tell you about my post traumatic stress <laughs> disorder. Yeah, and I get it, but on the same token, I'm just like, you have such an you have. 
I met you when you were in your 50s. You have such an interesting life before I came into this world, you yeah. know? Uh, but I think it's on us, man. Maybe we should like have like, a black historian so. on and, yeah. and like talk about what early 20th century Chicago would have been like. Yeah. I love personal uh, biographies, personal yeah. histories. Like I like to talk, I, I would want to talk to your mom or to your grandfather or to like, I want to hear what their perspective yeah. of that time is. Cause yeah. we can read about that shit. You we know? can but read like, about it, but, but what happened to you? Yeah. Like you know? They were alive when Martin Luther King yes. got shot, when we this landed on the moon. When, <laughs> yes. All this shit that went on, yeah. they yes. were, they were watching it. Like we watching game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> and yes. it's just so wild. Yeah. I think that's why I enjoy Ken Burns documentaries mm-hmm. Because they have like the le- like I fuck with I know everyone anytime they make fun of Ken Burns they always like mock those letters but <laughs> I love those letters yes. because it gives you like you said it gives you a first yes. hand account it's a primary Absolutely. source yeah. remember you have to learn that shit in history Absolutely. class I hated it primary source yeah. secondary source oh no I don't remember that yeah. I hated history and Oh, what? Why? That's the I best. That's the best topic. Subject. Yeah. Maybe no. you had a shitty teacher who didn't care about nah. history. I mean, I think is just yeah. an actor, bro. Yeah, I had a <laughs> shitty teacher, and I'm an actor. Yeah. And also, what does that like, mean? Act- I think that writers are dumb. No, I think <laughs> writers like love it. history because it's story. It's literally it's storytelling. Story, yes. Yeah. That's but probably. actors, I thought, love. I mean, I love storytelling, yeah. but I I just didn't like Amer- American history. The history they taught. Yes. Was boring yes it was just boring it was like all right let's learn about it it wasn't even called histories it was called social studies you didn't have a good teacher yeah yeah you didn't yeah i don't even remember do you like speech class did you like i love speech class yeah you did i fucking hated that class (laughs) i love speech class yeah Yeah. english loved english oh i loved english yeah i like english English yeah yeah english is where we all that's where we all intersect i bet you fucking yeah Wore a suit every day to speech class. <laughs> <laughs> I would go in the gym locker, change my clothes yeah. from my throwback to my suit. <laughs> uh, this is dope. We should introduce our guest. We to the should world. introduce our guest. Uh, I met our guest. I think you've been on the show before. I have so, one other time, but on uh, this show, yes. Yeah, was I not here? You were. Here. You were definitely here. I, I just my... told you this, Marquise. You had braids. Well, I mean, you also called him Marquise. <laughs> see, so, so we both wait, on the same. His name's Jaquise, so it's all good. <laughs> so we both on the I'm same wavelength. I'm just gonna see my way out. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. What? I am so. We were confused. in that other. We were, were in, in that other room. room. A, yeah. yeah. It's been a long time. It's, it's been, been a long over time. a year since okay. I've done this well, podcast. Yeah. You were like, you were chilling. Like you're like, yeah, you know, I'm not really working on anything right yeah. now. And I was like, oh, cool, let's hang out soon. And then I reached out, and you're like, I'm gone. I'm working on everything. <laughs> I'm in New York. I'm doing stand up. I'm in San Francisco. I'm doing stand up. I'm, I'm literally like, working on everything. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, but I met Sharla because we were both uh, Sundance New Voices fellows. And that's right. Yeah. And that, I was okay. Uh, okay. I was sitting. I was sitting in the circle. We were also sitting in a circle. And Charlotte, out of nowhere, was just like, hey, you're Haitian, right? And I was like, yeah. And yeah. she's like, you want to go to Haiti with me? Those are the first yes. two sentences you ever and said I to me. I never went to Haiti. <laughs> and Edgar never I went with you. I was like, mon plaisir. Yeah. That must be an Haitian. That that's, must be a straight up Haitian. And then I was so happy to see another Haitian yeah. in the Sundance program. Charlotte Lorison in the house. Yep. What's up, Charlotte? What's up, guys? You? Thank Welcome you so back. much for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back. I remember now. Yeah. Sure, it was right sure. after you came back. <laughs> It, it was listen, right after we, we were, I came back we were from in Sundance. A, we were in a daze of like three episodes a, a week. You were, you were in a daze. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, a lot. we used to record like two a day. Yeah, yeah. which we do now We still too. do, but it's but on a Saturday. It's just a one day. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're uh, much better. Anyway. But, welcome, you know. Welcome back. Thank writer, you. stand up. Yep, that's those things. But I feel like <laughs> you've been hitting the stand up game 
a lot harder as of lately. Yeah, I saw I you think had it an looks album like that. Yeah. yeah, I put on an album. I put up my debut album, Karate. Hell yeah, much more work than I anticipated. <laughs> like way more. Stand up is hard, and yeah, and it didn't occur to me how much work putting together an hour would be the album's not even a it's not a full hour yeah. it's a half hour mm-hmm. and so we should call it an ep or something like that <laughs> i don't actually know the real difference i just assume it's a single it's a single singles oh that's oh no right. and you're saying the difference an between ep and lp is like yeah album. you're talking about like yeah, yeah it's about length all right it's about length right an yeah. ep is shorter yes so i feel like it's a, I, I won't call it an album anymore because it's it's my karate ep and <laughs> i love that it's because it's because it was just much harder and it, i think it looks like i was doing more stand-up than i was mm. because i really wasn't like i, I really <laughs> even when i was trying to, when, even when i was about to do the album you know like i got asked i got offered a job and i was like yo i can't take this job <laughs> i need to practice for this album and you know reps will try to be like take that money up. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just of like but then I won't be ready for that. So I I went on tour, I went on my first tour, I called it the Southern Darkness tour. I went to Dallas and Fort Worth, Texas and Austin and I think I did some dates in San Francisco too. So only part of it was Southern Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um and you can't see me but I'm dark skinned so that was part of what <laughs> the yeah. name of the tour was. I had so much fun on tour. I'd never been before. I spent a lot of time alone. Turns out I love that. (laughs) And (laughs) I also made a ton of friends. Like the comedy community outside of New York and LA is vibrant and people are dope and they'll bend over backwards to help you. And I think I went on tour for a month and then I came back, recorded the album at Sketchfest in San Francisco. Wow. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, it was really dope. But I didn't think it was that great of a show. So then we recorded again in Pasadena and I thought that was a better show. So we ended up using that one. Did you guys not want all these details? No, that's exactly what we <laughs> wanted. That's what we want. Yeah, but, and then I spent the rest of the year staffed on a TV show, writing a movie, r- developing, yeah. developing a podcast. Like I, if anything, I would have put in twice as much into that album if I could have and maybe it would have been longer. But I'm very proud of what it is and how it came out. It's my first one, so you know, give it a listen. You know, check what it is out. that? What is that process like? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, is it that you feel like you get to a limit where you're just like, oh, I think I got about thirty minutes worth of jokes, or is it more so like you're like, okay, this is my goal, so I'm going to start writing towards that? Well, what it was was I had a date to record it, so mm. I was just like, I need to be ready by January, blah blah, yeah. whatever the Sketchfest date was. Mm-hmm. And so I was racing to get ready for that day. Wow. And then when I was so, you, as you know, if you do stand up in L.A. or New York, you on average get 10 minutes on stage. Yeah. And that's you don't max. get a lot of time. You don't get a lot of time. So you don't have a lot of chances to practice literally being on stage for an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So luckily I got into a. um Oh, my God. I got into this program in Fort Worth, Texas at the Amphibian Theater. It's this excellent program. They let you like Emily Heller has done it. Aparna has done it. I think Sashir Zameda has done it. And you get like a residency for a week or two, if you're lucky, to just work out your hour. So I got to do that for a week while I was on the Southern Darkness tour. Wow. And that was the first time that I've been on stage for an hour, which is (laughs) insane. You know, I'd done half hours before, but I but you truly don't get an opportunity as an up and coming comic to do an hour, you know, until you're a headliner, which 
It's like the chicken before the egg thing. Like, how yeah. are you supposed to practice an hour if you never get to do an hour? Yeah. But you don't get to do an hour until your headline. It's the so same it's thing like, as oh being God. a staff writer, right? They're like, well, exactly. you have no room experience. Well, like, exactly. how do I get room experience without exactly. like getting this job? Like, exactly. Uh, but you were doing an hour, which I think is really interesting, in front of people. Yes. Instead of, like, you know, we, this is something we talk about in LA comedy all the time, right? Is like, if you're performing on Herald Night, chances are you're only performing to other improv nerds. You're not Probably, performing yeah. to real people and all that stuff. So, what was it like performing? your newer material in front of people people well i think this is my the benefit of stand-up mm-hmm. is i've been doing stand-up i think i would say for like eight years now yeah. like i'm not a newbie yeah <laughs> so the great thing about stand-up is that when you work that muscle when you get up in front of people when you fail a lot you get that fail muscle you get that i don't give a fuck muscle <laughs> and it's really good so whether I'm doing 15 minutes or if I'm doing an hour, like I've been doing it long enough that I can get up there and be like, yo, this is new. <laughs> so just, you know, take that how you want. Or or I don't even have to do that. I just, I can, if I want to do that, if the joke fails, I can comment on it. I can not comment on it. Yeah. I record my set. I listen back. Like at this point, it's very um, technical to me, wow. you know, like I'm not even, I, I, I truly want the audience to enjoy it, but it really isn't about the audience. Wow. It's about, did this joke connect? Was I present? Was I in the moment? Did I, did I rush this joke? What was my pacing? Like, like I'm so technical about it at this point because I know what a good joke feels like. The audience doesn't know what a good joke feels like, but the audience knows when they are comfortable the mm. audience and it's up to me as a comic to make the audience feel comfortable yeah. it's up to me as a comic to make them trust me you know if i'm nervous they're nervous so the more relaxed i am on stage whether or not i'm trying new stuff whether or not i'm trying stuff i've been doing for the whole eight years like yeah. like it's up to me to have that, to to establish that vibe on stage so i don't i'm never particularly like you always get like that new joke um, nerves, you know, the butterflies of trying something new, but it's still, I love stand up. you know, it's fun. It's, it's, it's unfiltered off the cuff. Like there's, you just, and you don't have any, the safety net of a team Yes. or sometimes the hindrance of a team. Oh, oh, <laughs> so it's like, you know, you know, I felt it both yeah, ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons why I started doing stand up because I started with improv Yeah. and then I went to stand up because I had more freedom. I had more autonomy. I, of course. Yeah. I love How it. do you feel like you start to achieve that kind of controlled relationship with an audience? Is it just time? Time. It's yeah. time. It's repetition. It's failing a lot. It's yeah. failing a lot. And then I, I remember, I still remember the first time I bombed really hard. Wow. And how important that experience where, was. Where were you? I was at the People's Improv Theater. Okay. <laughs> I in was, New York? I was in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, they had just moved to a bigger theater. So it was okay. like, the, Is the I theater think it's on 23rd Street. Yep. Yeah, it's the one that they're at now. Yeah, not far away yes. from... Uh... The park, Brian. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. Brian Park. Um, It's that park where the Shake Shack's at. Yes. I can't remember what it's called. But... um. I love that theater. I did so much. That's like very much where I started and like I did improv and stand up there. That's where yeah. I started doing stand up. I would go to the mics there and I don't remember the name of the show, but I just remember that I was on stage and there weren't, it was, I think it was like half filled. 
Mm-hmm. And it was the kind of stage that rises up. And so if it's half filled, it feels very empty. Yeah. It needs a lot of people to feel, to feel very the good. energy and yeah, all that. Yeah, to feel the energy. So yeah. it was that kind of theater. And I wasn't, it wasn't my first show. You know, I'd been doing it for a while, but maybe I was tired. I don't know what it was, but I, I forgot a joke. And I wow. didn't know how to recover because I was still too new. Mm-hmm. I had, I've been doing it. It wasn't my first show, but I hadn't been. It hadn't been a year. It had only been like a couple of months that yeah. I'd been into it. I forgot a joke. I didn't recover. I started to panic on stage. I kind of bailed on my own set <laughs> in the middle because mm-hmm. I couldn't figure it out. And I kind of just said, you know, good night on a low note. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. No, it was really bad. And then I proceeded to literally um, hide under my coat <laughs> in the green room. <laughs> and I was just like... <laughs> One of my friends came up to me and she was like, Shar, are, are you okay? And I was just like, I can't. <laughs> like, I can't show my face. I just, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, why did I even decide to do stand up? Like, I'm an idiot. I'm crazy. Like, yeah. And then we went to the bar and she got me a drink and I didn't do stand up for, I think, another three months. Wow. I think I didn't do stand up for three more months because it was just traumatizing. I mean, that to me is so. I mean, I remember my exact experience like that. Uh, and I didn't do it ever again uh but uh <laughs> um yeah I, i'm pretty sure right before that show you felt like you were like not like you thought you were amazing but you felt good i thought like pretty were... i was i had so my first show ever was really good yeah so that gave me a ton of confidence yeah. and then my next show was pretty good it wasn't as good as the first yeah but then and then the next one was pretty good yeah and then i think it, i think it might have been my fourth or fifth show and then it was horrible yeah <laughs> i was just like i was kind of on a similar yeah. thing where like i had perfected in my mind at least this mm-hmm. like five or six minutes that i used to run the show over at the improv space called uh, boy band and I would do it up there. I had to set down. I've heard it. I went to Portland and I did it and it killed. Like, I was like, ooh. So then I finally got on the list at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, like that Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is it, baby. I'm going to do that set. Fucking, I can't remember that guy's name. He was the manager. He would sit there on his phone I'm, and watch yeah. Adam. I don't even know him. I've done, I don't do stuff at the comedy store. I, I was yeah. like, he's going to watch this set and he's going to go, this kid. Yeah. Ooh. I did the set. And it was something like that, like where like something didn't click in the way that I thought it would. And I started to panic and like it almost feels like when you're riding a bike and like you can feel the bike quivering. And rather than like, you know, being calm and leaning into it, you kind of start jumping off the bike, which mm-hmm. is worse. You're mm-hmm. only going to hurt yourself more if you do that. And I just remember like looking at this guy in the audience while I was like bailing and the guy looked away from me was just like i cannot make eye contact with you right now because i do not want to feel the pain that you're feeling and i know exactly what that guy looks like he wasn't yep. a comic he was a regular person who mm-hmm. was in the comedy store and the way that he looked away from me was as if like it was like so much shame that i felt in that moment that like i started freezing up my mouth got really dry and i, and I ended my set early and just left yeah, I didn't do stand up. I have again. to say though, every time I've performed at the comedy store, it's not been great. I truly think there's an evil spirit there. Like I don't <laughs> I don't have anything bad to say about the comedy store. Like it's a beautiful club. A lot of my friends perform there. Yeah. But I don't know what it there's a vibe in there that yes. is just not friendly. I think it's you just wanna like you can't perform there without thinking about every single person that's performed Who's there before you. There? I wonder if that's it because I don't even think I'm thinking about that. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is about that 
space <laughs> yeah. that just feels because I I go to the Hollywood Improv a lot. I perform yeah. there a lot more than I do at the comedy store and yeah. the vibe there is just different. It's just yeah. brighter and more open and I literally think it's the way the building is. <laughs> like <laughs> I think they built it on a slave <laughs> The, uh, yeah. burial ground were there slave plantations in Los Angeles there had to have been I don't actually know that is not a fact <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't like, know when did California come into the union yeah but I did just learn about um, slaves in Brooklyn so really just, yeah I mean yeah that makes sense I think no one uh, no one likes to talk about this but I think that the north had slaves and was yes, just like exactly yo, we kind of over like you know it's like uh <laughs> It's kind of like how I don't I don't know. It's kind of like how Sarah Silverman like you know did a bunch of racist stuff. Yeah. And then now Shane Gillis is doing racist stuff, and yeah. Sarah Silverman's like, "How dare he?" And I was like, "Yo, weren't you weren't doing you, racist didn't shit? Didn't you just get in trouble?" Yeah, but it's just like, yeah, but I don't do that shit no more. Yeah. And that's what the North was doing to the right, South right, a little right. bit of exactly. like, exactly. Yeah, we had slaves, but we didn't do that. It's like that was only like a yeah. hundred years ago. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually to the point where I was just like, oh, the North had slavery? And I was like, I'm an idiot, first of all. I like history, but I'm not actually smart. But I was just, because they put on this uh, yeah. air of we're better than slavery. And yeah. I was like, no, you guys definitely had you slavery. Had slaves. <laughs> you had Y'all slaves. just got over it because y'all you developed a better economy. Faster. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oof. It was an economy, uh, an economy yes. completely reliant on agriculture. Ooh. You better use those big words. Yeah, but you know what? We're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. And when we come back, there's something that I want to talk to you about. And we're back. We're here with uh, Charlotte Lauriston and uh, no one else in the room, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back, guys. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Um, so something that I've been thinking about a lot, I, I went to the screening of Jojo Rabbit yesterday at the WJ Theater, which I have to say, what an excellent thing that the union does. I love it. Also, what is Jojo Rabbit? Yeah. It's the new, uh, Taika Waititi, is that how you say his name? Oh yeah, okay. no way. Uh, the, it's, his, it's his new movie where he is, it's about a little boy who was in, uh, um, Oh, is it the Hitler movie? Yes. Ah, okay. I haven't even okay. heard anything about yeah. that. I didn't know it was called Jojo Rabbit. It's called Jojo Rabbit. I was called the Hitler movie. Uh, but, like, it's a little boy who is in Hitler Youth, and he sees Hitler as his imaginary friend, uh, which is a wild premise for a movie. And uh, Ty- oh, man, Taika Waititi, no, you That's how you say it. it. Taika yeah. Waititi plays Hitler. Get out. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is Hitler, which is, you know, weird because he is. But, he, I mean, he talked about it yesterday at the Q&A. It was very funny. But he is half Maori, half Russian Jew. And so, like, I think, like, you know, something about his identity that he really, like, he he just wanted to make this movie about this thing because he felt like people have kind of forgotten about the Holocaust. And Andrew T was there. And we kind of, like, talked about it this morning of whether we think that people got the message of the movie or not. Uh, and that's something that I've been thinking about lately of, and Anna and I kind of argued about it this morning, where uh, how much responsibility do you guys think as artists like you have to make sure that your message lands? Like, how much do you think you can do? How much do you think it's on you? Like, I mean, I think if you are trying to convey a message Mm -hmm. then sure you have a responsibility to 
I don't know if make sure your message lands is the right word, but make sure you tell your message in the clearest and mm-hmm. and and most straightforward, I don't, a straightforward yeah. way. Absolutely. But yeah. but the flip side of that is I don't think you have to have a message right. with everything no, that you. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've, you have to. I feel like that question. I would hit you back with that question. Like, yeah. Do you feel like artists have a responsibility to tell to to have a message? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I think there is absolutely zero message yeah. that I think you should leave, and I love it. That's probably one of my favorite comedies of the last year. This mm-hmm. movie. I think no. Jojo I think Rabbit? you should leave. Oh well, oh, Jojo Rabbit. You leave. One hundred percent is one of my. I loved it. Um, Did I'll it make have that a clear. good message? Yes. Or was the message clear? Yes, but I don't think that some white people in the audience got it. And I'm, that's what made me think about mm. it. Because I think they're... See, this is like... this is I, I, I mean, the thing that I always come back to and I always think about is why Chappelle quit Chappelle show. Which is... I think the message in that show is pretty fucking clear. Like, I think the nigger sketch is such a clear sketch. But I remember in high school, my white friends singing that song... And then I was like, N-I-G, G-A-R, it's the nigga family. And yeah. them singing it is like. And then you had, you was like, wait a minute. Wait is, a minute. is this what the purpose was? Exactly. Like you start, you start wondering, I don't know. I, that's the, wait, that's the shit that I get. I feel like Dave Chappelle's never been clear about why he quit. Like he, I've watched interviews and I still don't get it. He, one time on Oprah, he talked about yes. how they were, they were filming like, it was like supposed to be like nigger cereal Mm -hmm. or something like that and this white crew member was laughing his ass off Mm -hmm. and then dave Chappelle like felt some type of way i mean Mm -hmm. there's also other stuff like his father dying and then he never got to process it because he rushed right into producing season three and stuff like that but uh he talks about how uncomfortable he felt in that moment of like is this and are people laughing for the right reasons? Right. Yeah, so he kind of talked about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so you felt like Jojo Rabbit, the white people in the crowd didn't get it. Some, not all. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like there are some white people who kind of were like... Well, let me ask you this. Why, why do you feel that way? Like what? What? What happened? What, what happened that made oh, you man. say? See, I can't. I don't want to spoil the movie, but there are part. There are Luke's things that spoil, they. It's fine. There are things that they clapped at and mm-hmm. things that they laughed at and received that I was just like, I don't think y'all are getting yeah. what this man's trying to you. hit y'all with. Yeah. And I don't. And I'm not saying that. I, I think and Tyke made fun of them mm-hmm. in the audience about it. Uh, and I think he knew that one. I think because he's from another country, uh, was very aware of the fact that this is an American audience and. We know as Americans, like Jaquise, you were just saying it, the way that American history is taught to us is we don't learn a lot of the truth about it, right? Like no. we're presented with the the founding fathers as these angelic, brilliant men. And we don't Leaders. know. Yeah. We don't know yeah. about a lot of the bullshit that they did. Yeah. A lot of the trash shit that they did. Mm-hmm. A lot of the terrible systems that they created. Um, but like, I think when you're someone from somewhere like New Zealand, mm-hmm. you're probably more likely to have a more rounded education, even Germans absolutely, themselves, right? Like absolutely, Germans learn about the Holocaust a lot. Yeah, in a way that we ne- we've never really talked about slavery in our own yes, classroom. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I think like he kind of made a joke about that in the uh, in the movie in the Q and A, and it didn't land with the audience. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I actually, I think this is so. I love Hasan Minhaj's show. Yes. And I think I love it because 
it clearly is not speaking to white people. Yes. It's it's very clearly like Patriot Act is very clearly like you can watch and I would love for you to watch. Yes. But I'm not talking to you. Yes. And I love that. I love I feel yes. like everything is always white centered and yes. it's always talking to white people. Yes. Yeah. And I think like I think I'm at the point where I don't. I don't want to make things for white people to understand. Mm. I think mm-hmm. that they, I think that this is part of a system, a culture that allows white people to be the center of things, allows them to not educate themselves, allows them to live in this alternate reality mm-hmm. where um, where, you know, like when we were when when the election was happening, where I had white friends asking me, would it be so bad if Trump won? And I'm just like, do you live in reality? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, what do you what rea- what do you Like, clearly you don't live in the same world that I yeah. do. Clearly, my mm. fears are not yours. And, and that's, I, and the that's a that's the problem. It's that's just like problem. you you don't live in the same reality. And that's not necessarily your fault. But there sure. are aspects of it that are your fault. Well, it's funny, too, because I feel like even us as black people and people of color, we're catching up to that same idea, yes. too, because I remember like when Lauren Hill was hot and mm-hmm. then she was like, I don't make music for white people. Yes. And black people were like, can't say that. Yeah. Fucking up the money. Fucking up that money. Right? And she did, unfortunately. But <laughs> that's but, for other reasons. That's for other reasons. Yeah, yeah that's for tax evasion. Tax evasion. All the damn time. Right, right. Not also, crediting yes. their fellow musicians. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, being sued. Yep. <laughs> but I feel like an artist today can say that and it would be much more well received, probably not from certain white people, but within our own community. We would be yeah. like, hell yeah, we ain't fucking with these, you know? And yeah. I feel like that's the difference. Yes, that's it. That's the difference between in us and I and I and I'm so proud of us, frankly, honestly, because mm. the fact that, you know, we aren't pra- doing these respectability um, politics, we're not practicing respectability politics as much as we used to as a culture. Mm-hmm. We're not bending over backwards to make white people feel comfortable. And I think this is this pushback, our pushback of being like, yo, <laughs> like you can't be centered all the time in every conversation is part of what made Trump one. But I also think it's part of what's woken up a lot of white people. It's woken yeah. up a country. I think our country, hopefully, you know, I pray, has woken <laughs> up just a little bit in seeing their part in accepting responsibility the way the Germans have, frankly. The way that that it, it is necessary for change. Like, all of this I'm saying comes from your question about no, <laughs> it does. ITT's it does. It does. movie it about whether does. or not white people understand and me pushing back and being like, I don't think they need to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think, mm-hmm. like, I think if you don't understand... If you're a, if you're self-aware enough to be like, whoa, is there something I'm not getting? And is it because I'm white? Yeah, maybe there is something you should be figuring out why you don't get or why you're clapping when the black person next to you isn't yeah. <laughs> or why you're laughing when the black person next to you isn't or like whatever it is that you, like that you need to understand about what the world is really like and mm-hmm. and not like um like it is for non-white people like the world is very different for non-white people america is very different for non-white people and i think the more we make things that aren't catering to white people and aren't centering white people the better it is it gives them an understanding that they are not the center of the universe that there's a whole world (laughs) out there where people don't live like you people don't look like you and they're just as valuable they're just as human they're just as good i i think that's a deep answer but i think 
it's something small that, that I really that I really think is important. I think it's really important to not center white people as much as possible. Now I want to ask you guys a question. As you know, we're all artists, but artists is you know half creativity and half commerce. Do we think that that kind of view is profitable? And something that I think to my mind is I think about an album that I love. I think this is this artist's best album. I think about the Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Absolutely album. Excellent. An album that was not made for white people. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, what we know to be true about that album is that it is Kendrick Lamar's by far, by ridiculously far, least profitable album. Mm-hmm. And it made me want, and then what did he do after that? He dropped an album called Damn, which I would call Kendrick Lamar's most accessible album. I mean, that shit is like poppy as fuck. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, is it sustainable? Do you guys feel like it's going to be sustainable for people to like be like, I only make shit for this people. I don't give a fuck if you like it or not. Like, this is why I'm making. Is that sustainable? Because I think about another artist, Chance the Rapper, who, you know. Makes poppy Let's see shit. with Chance. I would Chance, I would say <laughs> what you were just saying about Kendrick is even more true for Chance. Oh, 100%. His first mixtape and <laughs> yeah. the shit he just dropped. He was like, let me make this shit poppy yeah. as pop. Yeah. I, you know, I sometimes I would, I think that's a super valid and fair question to ask and before i answer those type of questions i have to like also for myself say i don't know the thought process that went into like damn for instance sure so like just based on like things we know and shit like that of course we can assume like he went in there and was like i need to make money (laughs) yeah (laughs) but we don't necessarily no and right? it's not to say that damn I'm not trying and no, no one come you're not shitting on damn. damn you're not shitting on damn that's a fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. album a fantastic gr- yeah. but we all know that song but I love you <laughs> I love you right and, and I think sometimes and, and I think to flip it back it was we as artists sometimes we also know that sometimes that type of shit is the furthest from my mind when we sit down and actually start to create something yeah. yes right yes. And, and, and and you know maybe he could have just been in a I just want to make some different shit. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to answer that because I, because I know as an artist where you can sit down and say, yeah, yeah, this is what I want to do. I mean, yeah. even with this show, like this is what we're talking about. And then somebody took something that was the furthest from my fucking mind. Yes. And like attached that to it. Right. Mm-hmm. But on the same hand, money talks. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, money I, talks. I kind of I agree with Jaquise. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, because I think it's a very layered question. I think one, it's very hard to create anything at all. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. if we're if we're lucky enough to be inspired to like put enough work into something, and I feel like maybe that's where we're just making assumptions, right? Maybe that's where mm. his mind was at when he made To Pimp a Butterfly. Maybe he'd seen enough police shootings, and he was like, yeah. "I need to make To Pimp a Butterfly." Yeah. And then maybe To Pimp a, Bl- a Butterfly was emotionally draining, and he's like, "I need to make damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. need to, I need yeah. to be happy yeah. because this shit depressed the shit out of me." Yeah, that's true. That's uh, fact. So I feel like. That's facts. I think the money question is a separate question Mm. because I've actually been thinking about money as an artist a lot in this last year because I've worked so much in this last year. And I think that it comes from individual perspective, right? Like I'm an immigrant. I come from a paycheck to paycheck household. I'm very, I'm very proud of my humble beginnings, but I'm also very aware of how I've carried those, those, that financial mindset into my business Mm. into my career and 
as an immigrant, as a Haitian, I don't look at comedy as like art. <laughs> yeah. I don't look at it as art, you know, like I look at it as like, I think more and more I've looked at it as art, but mm-hmm. truly when I first started doing it, I, I quite literally couldn't do it unless it paid the bills. Like mm-hmm. I don't have any other income source. So yeah. it's just like, I either make this my job and get paid for it or I can't do it. So yeah, I yeah. could not look at it as art. I was looking at it as I need a job. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I need a job. I, I, I need money. That. I get that. And the more, and frankly, the more I've become financially educated, the more I've educated myself on finances, the more I've been able to save, the more I've been able to pay off debt, the more I've been able to, to look at it as art. Like, because now you're I, in a space where you can kind of make those decisions. Because I'm not stressed out. Yeah. Because I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Finally, I could very well have been making this kind of income and still been living paycheck to paycheck yeah. if I didn't educate myself financially. But frankly, it's a privilege to be able to look at my shit as art, <laughs> because yeah. as not something that's just a paycheck. You know, to be able to choose between projects based on whether or not I want to do them, whether or not it feels the most close to my heart or my it's whatever i'm trying to say uh because i can yeah. <laughs> and i i don't i don't have to say yes to some shit i don't want right. to do but last year i did last year i had to say yes to some jobs i didn't necessarily want to be on because mm-hmm. i needed money yeah. <laughs> so i'm just like <laughs> I, it's hard to feel like um i don't know i i feel like and you know you a lot of black artists are you know, taking care of family. Like we're sending money back. We're doing, we're taking care of somebody's car payment or somebody's house payment or whatever. Can you say no when your mom needs you to pay for her car? And you know, I thought about that with uh, what was that movie that everyone was making fun of earlier this year? Uh, Laquisha. Remember Laquisha? Mm -hmm. I didn't see Laquisha is this. I didn't a, see it either, but I know which movie you're talking it's about. It's that trailer that blew up. Where, oh, uh, the white guy is yeah. on the um, radio show doing a black voice. Oh, yeah, God, and, that was so awful. And everyone was like dragging the, uh, the, the black white actress. people in the movie. Yeah. And I was just like, man, you have no idea like what her life was like. And she was just like, man, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting any rub. Like, I, I've been auditioning, I'm not getting shit. Yeah. And then LaQuisha comes LaQuisha comes knocking. knocking. What am I supposed to do? With that $500 paycheck. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Say no? (laughs) They only gave her $500. That would be so funny. Yeah, like I feel like we don't know why Kendrick Lamar does what he, or any artist does what they do, but I kind of feel like it's so individual. It's so individual. I mean, we, I, you know, uh, Edgar loved this, but one thing that I went to a Jason Mraz concert. Oh boy. I love Jason Mraz. I knew I liked you. I knew I liked you. Uh, but the one thing he said that resonated with me just as like an artist is he was in the middle of the concert or toward the end, he was just talking about, you know, the album he had just made and where he was. And then he said, and who knows when my next album is going to be. Maybe I'll be sad as shit and it'll be a melancholy album. Yeah. Maybe I'll be happy and it'll be just like this. Yeah. I don't fucking know. So stop yeah. asking me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, dude. And he's like, I'm going to write when I sit down and say yeah. I'm going to make an album. However the fuck I feel at the time is an right. album y'all going to exactly. get. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's super fair. Yes, that's, that's so, fair. That's well, so fair. Because what else do we draw our art from but our lives and our feelings in the moment? Like everything I'm writing right now is based off of how I feel right now. Yeah. It's based off of the experiences that I had that I thought are stupid or are funny or are ridiculous or are yeah. absurd, you know? So it's yeah. like... Also, yeah. just another point to your question, Edgar, I think 
it is very hard to sit down and write something with a purpose like that and actually yes. still make it good. Yes. Which one to be my butterfly? Damn. Oh, so yeah. like if well, his mindset was like, yo, I'm going to make a poppy album so it can be more commercially successful. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then that actually becomes successful. That's so fucking hard. It was still hard. an achievement. Yeah. It was no, I know. You're, I know. 100%. I'm just saying. So, like, yeah. I even feel like, even if that is where he was. Yeah. Props to you for doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> props to you for fucking doing it. I just want people to think about that when they listen to that song, Love. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love me? I fucking hate I, that you, song. you don't so like that song? I fucking hate. You want to know why I hate that, that song? It's because when that album first dropped, I heard it playing, and I was like, who's playing that song right now? And it pulled up to me, and it was just four white guys <laughs> in a fucking Sion, in a fucking boxy ass Sion. And bopping. that ruined your take <laughs> of the hated, album for the rest I, of that. I, I hated the whole album. Though. It was just four white guys just it's bumping. It's a good album like, <laughs> though it's a good album you know i fuck I mean? with it yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. it was the same thing when i stopped listening to chance three for a while because like i was trying to go to that concert and i couldn't go and then a friend of mine went and they came back and went you wouldn't have liked the album uh, the concert and i was like why and they're like it was a bunch of white kids a I bunch went of to white that kids concert. the it was chance three at the hollywood bowl hollywood yep. bowl last year i went <laughs> And yeah, it was a, a bunch of 15-year-old white kids. And I was like, this is the worst. Ooh. I was like, this is your audience? I had no idea. Every, I mean, the 50, they were all, everybody, there was so much weed smell in the whole place. I you couldn't even it. breathe. Oh, man. I was like, am I too old for a Chance concert? Yeah. I, it's so funny when you go to the, I went to Kendra's concert a couple years ago. And it was mostly black people, but just the the characters that come out. It was this one white dude sitting in front of me who had the long, stringy, wet like like hair mm-hmm. and was fucking like headbanging like he was listening to metal. I mean, just like the hair going back and forth to the point where everybody around him was just like vibing with him, like laughing at him first. And then we were eventually like, shit, he enjoying he himself. Enjoying it, yeah. He enjoying himself, he enjoyed man. himself. Can- yeah. Yeah. But it was still very yeah. funny to see him. Did he play that love song when he was there? He did. He did. <laughs> I bet and- you the audience lost their goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> they lost their mind. We we all left. We was like, we can't take no more. This is, the, the, can it get better than this? Yeah. <laughs> I bet you Kendrick was just feeling it. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And, like, I think you made a good point about, like, yeah, To Pimp a Butterfly is an emotionally draining album. And I think that's why the tour didn't make no money. Yeah. Was because everyone's like, you want me to go to a concert and watch you talk about it? (laughs) Yeah. One of his videos had, like, a casket. Like, the kids were just, like, chasing a fucking casket. I was like, this is dark. The Black of the Berry, which is one of my favorite songs (laughs) of all time. It's an amazing song. It's so dark, though. It's like when you think about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he basically are. He's calling all of us hypocrites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, damn. Damn, dude. You right? Yeah. I only listened to that upbeat one. I, I love myself. Oh, yeah. I, was like, I was just like, this I can listen to. Yeah. Over and, and I only listened to the radio edit be because yeah. the album edit of that song has black people calling Kendrick out and calling him a coon. And I'm like, yes. I, I can't even enjoy this song yes. on this album. Yes. No, this album I fucked with All Right, though. Yeah. All Right was. I love All Right is dope. All Right is dope. Right, yeah, I love that's that also a very depressing song if you listen yeah, to the fucking walls. It's also very sad. If these walls can talk, King Coon, he has some hits on there. Yeah, he has, he some, has hits. some hits on there. These walls is dope, He's but it's also a very sad song. Yes. King Coon uh, is just like a flex song. Yeah. It is. Um, you know, my my memory of All Right is uh, Mike Menendez was, we were at a party and Jack Knight was like, play that shit. And then they just played that song and it was just a bunch of 
stand-up comedians also just jump in and yell, we gonna be all right. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite memories that's of LA. Favorite. It's just yeah. a bunch of comedians just all jumping around. No one knew the whole words. Yeah. And every time the chorus came, you know one of those songs. What's another song that's like that? Like, no one knows all the words, but then the chorus comes on and Humble. everyone starts singing. every song Humble. ever. <laughs> yeah, just about every song ever. No, most song. Kendrick songs. Most, yeah. yeah, most, yeah. These raps are just complicated. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and also, like, they they change your voice too much. True. Yeah. <laughs> I can't right. keep up. I can't keep up. What about yeah. songs? What are songs that you think people know every word to, though? Getting Jiggy With It. Yeah. I, I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> Encore, I don't know Encore by Jay-Z, song. I think. You know those that tweet that's like someone put a gun to your head and you have to rap these bars perfectly? Mm-hmm. I think Encore by Jay-Z is Oh, you know which, which it is not a single, but it's still as popular as a single? And the only reason I'm... It's in my mind now. It's because it came on on my playlist today, and I hadn't heard it in a while. And it was still like every word was mm-hmm. "Renegade" by Jay Z and Eminem. Mm-hmm. Really, you know yeah. every word of that song. Every fucking word, especially wow. especially if I'm listening to it. Like yeah. if you was to say, "Go ahead and rap it now," I probably yes. would. But if I'm in the, I hear the music and shit. And I feel like a lot of people. If I played that right now, I bet you you could probably. Nah, leave. man, I really couldn't. I'm could being you? honest with you. I'm being quiet because <laughs> the only song I think I'm like thinking through songs that I know the words for, and I think the only one right now and that's coming to my head is a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> I mean, listen, if we gonna oh, be real, God. real, if we gonna be real, real. I can tell you every syllable if I believe I can fly, but I can't. You know, we can't. We can't oh sing God. that. I just watch. I just started watching the documentary. Uh, oh uh, boy! Yeah. I'm late to the party. Yeah, you're very late to the. Well, I haven't watched. Yeah, it. you're yeah. very late to the party, and everyone's already felt the whole party. Yes, <laughs> everyone's had all their feelings. Yeah, and you coming and, in at three a.m. Hey, y'all yeah. still drinking? But you know what's <laughs> so like, crazy nope. about? I started watching that documentary. What's it called again? Uh, Surviving, Surviving R. R. Kelly. Kelly. And I was just like, yo, no one through all of the feelings that everybody felt and people talking about this, nobody talked about how badly it was produced. <laughs> it looks awful, yeah. dude. Charla. It looks Charla. so bad, bro. I was just like, who did made it just this? Win? Dude? Did it just Charla. win some type of? Is it me? Did you check it out? It's really badly made. I I can't imagine you at like the uh, a million man's march being like (laughs) this nigga saying I have a dream a little bit too much, right? Like think about it. He could use some other metaphors. Respected the victims a little bit better by lighting them well. I think he could use some other metaphors. A lot of mixed metaphors in this speech. I don't know. I was just like, did anyone? Cinematography uh, was was bad. Cinematography was bad. I was just like, do you guys know how to light black people? Do you know how to put makeup on them? What the fuck is going Only on? Only you can make this joke. We not making this but joke. But also <laughs> harrowing. Wow. Okay. Dude. We gonna this be... is the worst. <laughs> hey, you got a question for me, but I'm going to have you ask it to me right after the break. We'll be back. We back, everybody. Culture Kings. What's up, Edgar? I was going to say Bohemian Rhapsody. That's, no. Every I think. I couldn't. If I you can't. walk into a room. White well, people. I, yeah, if you walk into a room and start singing Bohemian Rhapsody, I think a lot of people will sing along with you. Honestly, I don't know. The word. I, don't know the, I know the rhythm of the song. Yeah. And I know when the shit about to drop. I know how I'm supposed to feel <laughs> through every part exactly. of that song. 100%. Exactly. But when he starts to, I can't 
I don't know what the fuck he's saying. I just know all the breakdown. It's a great song. It sounds like a white spell. It's like a white witchcraft to that song. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, it's putting everybody in a trance. Yeah, it's a great song. Here's a question that Piano Man is a this is a good white. Oh, the Casper slide? Everybody know Casper slide? <laughs> what? No, I don't know. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And slide Piano Man. to the left. Oh, yeah. Isn't that Two Cha-Cha? Time. That's oh, Cha-Cha. Cha-Cha slide. We called it the Casper slide in oh, Chicago. Okay. Who's we? And why do y'all call it the Casper <laughs> slide? Because the guy who made it, his name was Casper. Oh, I thought this was uh, a race thing. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it was like about Casper ghost, friendly ghost. Yeah. Ghosts. Yeah. It's exactly no, that. The guy who made it, his name was like Casper something. No, oh, shit. okay. So it's called the Casper slide. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But saying that you know every word to that song isn't very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's eight words. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One hop this time. Yo, I'm on these lyrics. <laughs> I'm on these. Charlie um, Brown. <laughs> okay, here's a question. I love these. Like These are bar arguments that me and my friends have. What do you think is the most played song of all time? Of all time? Like, this song has been played the most out of any song. Do you actually have an answer? I have you, a theory. Oh, you have a theory. Well, well, I have a theory. Not a fact. I don't know. <laughs> right. Oh, there's see, no it's, fact. It's, it's just what you think. Because it's, that's hard because, like, any of those are going to be recent just because music is right. so more accessible now. Yes, yeah. right. I have a theory, and I think I can prove that I'm right. I have a theory, Gangnam but style. It's, it's based on... Gangnam Style is oh, a very no, good answer. That's a good one. That's a very good yeah. answer. What's mm. your theory? Well, now you've said Gang of Sound. <laughs> I think I'm wrong. <laughs> I was going to say Sweet Carolina because I'm from Boston and that's yes, all that's, they play. Yes. You know I what? Know. What? I shit you not. I don't know what I was watching yesterday or two days ago, but mm. the question came up, who was the most streamed song ever? Yeah. And it was an Ed Sheeran song. Really? Which is oh, which so is sad. which is I I, I don't know if that kid, was the that's full one question. kid who didn't get to go to prom just playing yes. over and over again all night. Yes. that's one kid. It's a twelve year old. Yeah. I don't even know what Ed Sheeran's song it was, but it was like who's the most streamed artist. That's yes. what it is. Okay, and oh, it was okay. Ed Sheeran. So okay. maybe that's what. Damn, it is. I can't believe he's the most streamed artist. Insane. That's insane. You know what my theory is what? Hey y'all. Oh, think about I, every I, I function. Feel like we could Google this. Every wedding. Every mm. every sporting because that's another thing we were talking about was like sporting events. Is I feel like I haven't been to a place where more than a hundred people are gathered and music is playing, and Heya mm-hmm. has not come on that speaker. Heya is a good choice. Yeah, Heya is a good choice. I just feel like I haven't heard it in a while. Well, when's the last time you were in a room with over a hundred people and music was playing? Thursday. And they didn't play Heya. No, I was. I went to that Clippers game and they didn't play it there. Oh come on! That's. Well, I mean, that's where you hear shit like that's that. That's where you hear shit like that. Yeah. 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 I, I don't was that know. Clippers game, by the way. I couldn't go. I, it was. It was fun. It was yeah, Kawhi's it was a first season game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. But all right, I, now I need to know. Now I need to know. Yeah. I think it's Gangnam Style. That's. I song mean, that's was a very so good answer. Po- or Despacito. Those are all good answers. Those are all good answers, but I'm saying of all time, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> just because they are so accessible. And maybe it's streamed, especially Gangnam Style. Do you think, when do you think Elvis Presley lost that crown? Uh, instantly. Once people were like, oh, we can listen to black music? Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. 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 He was only popping because they were like, oh, this is fun, but they didn't know black, black people were doing that already. Yeah. yeah. He still has so many number one albums, so. Yeah, but yeah. you know. That's true. That's true. Ain't nobody fucking But we Elvis. don't listen to him now. Yeah. We, we don't, don't. We don't, like, no. the way that we still listen to Michael Jackson. No that's true. 
And why we still listen to people from his era, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that shows how That's popular true. he was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elvis Presley is the Jerry West of music, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, you were great when niggas was like 6'1". Now that we got kings, they had to work summer jobs. Yeah, (laughs) they had to sell cars on the side. Now that there's like people in there dominating, you ain't shit, dog. Can you imagine? Can you imagine an athlete having to work at a car dealership like during their off season? Yeah, Uh, it's called current WNBA players. Yeah, it's true. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm being honest. It's true. They don't make. They should be making more. I'm trying to say they should make more. Do, they make, do you know like That's $60,000 a year Probably. or something yeah. this is brutal they're not getting those million dollar deals yeah. unless you're nah. a star star yeah. and also you're only making that money off of endorsement deals right, you're not making right. that from the team from the season yeah mm-hmm. I mean you know I still mm-hmm. think it, you know they not trying to live I, I feel bad yeah. I want to justify <laughs> this <laughs> I'm like we either, it's true. we either watch it or we don't I feel like more people are watching women's soccer yeah, like, yeah, I'm like either it's a popular sport or it's not. But the WNBA is coming up, man. It's, it's coming, coming up. up. The f- people were excited about the finals. Uh, do you guys know when they happened? Uh, I don't watch. It ended sports. Thursday. Yeah, yeah, it ended yeah. on Thursday. Yeah, I. <laughs> I don't watch sports. That's fair. Yeah. That's, That's very fair. fair. I don't know, man. I I really want to know what this number one stream song of all time is, or just played song. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, Hey Ya is a good choice. It I think is. it's Hey Ya, bro. I feel like that song Our is Thriller. How, yeah. What about Happy? That um. Phil, uh, I almost said Phil Pharrell Lamar. song by Phil Lamar. Yeah, by Phil Lamar. Yeah, Happy was a good one. Happy was a big. That one. That was a big one. It didn't stand the test of time though. The way Shape of You has, the way yes. that uh, Hey yeah. Ya has. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't yeah. last. It got annoying after it's a while. It's super annoying. <laughs> it got so annoying. What about what? What, what about like a Bruno Mars song? Uh yeah, oh, he's I'm had a lot Uptown of Funk. Uptown, Uptown Funk. Funk. That shit probably. still gets picked for commercials. It does. It does. Uptown Funk is a good song though, and that yeah. and that video is really fun. Yeah. You know, it's a good song that people because he. I mean, I, I have to put so much respect on Bruno's name because he's put out some hits. But Lazy Sunday is that what it was called? It's just oh, a lazy, lazy song. It's just lazy. It's just lazy. Come on. That song is good, man. I'm that starting song to is understand good. the differences between your musical because <laughs> he said Jason Mraz, you you made a disappointed sound. I said Taylor Swift, you made another sound. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, and look, now he said Lazy twisted. song, and you're not into it, even though I love that song. I that song love, is great. I love white people on the guitar. They just got to be doing yeah. a little bit more. Do, than... do you like uh, Jack Johnson? Today, I, fuck with Jack I don't feel See, like Jackie's. How are you from anything. Chicago? I don't know. I don't understand who you are. I don't know. I don't You're very know. complicated. I still like, you know, I like my, I like my hip hop and my, course, my soul course, music, and you know, get the dusties There's going. There's something about beachy white people music. <laughs> I fuck with it. I fuck with it. Puts Early me in the ease. morning. Making banana pancakes. Ooh, you you putting some soul into that one. He more soul it, than he put on any of his yes, songs. Yes, absolutely. He truly oh, does not lift a finger for his songs. Flake Jackson. into Flake. It's like, a really please, 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 please don't take me. Please, please. I like please I Jack Johnson. Yeah, I like Jack. I fucks with it. I fucks with it. I fucks with it. Look, I'm I not even it. embarrassed. I have either. I have my not. shit. It's my Boni Veras, yes. my Sufjan. See, and that I get shit's it. too depressing. I'm so sad. And I play. And Jakees be like, nigga, this is what you listen to like yes, I know that sad, <laughs> the difference dude. is like you like the sad music and yes. we like the happy <laughs> the saddest white person music I listen to is Ray LaMontagne Ray LaMontagne with his Who's that? trouble trouble oh, yeah. trouble trouble is that one's so that good song. It's, he's it's a really like, good artist too. he's a really
really good artist. It's like more soulful. It's not country. Okay. It's, it, it's like soul. Okay. You know, he's got like a really gravelly voice. Okay, I'm gonna the most that country out. shit I you listen would like to him. is Taylor Swift. I, like I think you would like him a lot. I'll yeah. Just give him yeah, he's a good mixture of the two. Sad, sad, <laughs> but still a little hopeful. Yes, in his music, I love him. Yeah, yeah. No, we have completely different music tastes. Yeah, no, I mean that's crazy because we're all black. So, it's yeah. really, it's really interesting and weird that we would not like the same thing. But I mean, I think that's like <laughs> I got you. Um, yeah, I think you know that's the future, baby. Yeah, hopefully. You know? Hopefully, except for my kid, I want my kid to like exactly. What, I'm so ready to like pick my favorite kid because you your can't. Favorite that's the scary kid. part so about ready, having a kid. Nah, you can't yes, choose you can. who they are and yeah. if they're cool. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's yeah. scary. No, yes. you definitely can choose if you favor them, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you can't choose yeah. how. You've they You've been come talking out. about kids a lot lately. You and your are you and Bay about to have a kid? No, okay. I just am. Um, I just I'm yeah, watching my body. It's in the mind. It's in the mind. I'm watching yeah. my body fail. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I got to keep this gene going. Right, right, right. <laughs> Someone else has got to carry this. That off survival gene is starting yeah. to kick in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have been talking about kids a lot. I mean, yeah. I talked about kids for a long time last All night right. with a very drunk Anna. Uh, How old are you again? I'm only 28. Oh, God, you're so small. <laughs> you're so small. Not even young. Such a baby. You're so small. small. <laughs> but it's also like, you know, Child. I've been getting work and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. okay, like, what's next? What's oh, how do I How do I evolve out of eating McDonald's every night? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna send mother. you some money stuff. Yes, yes, no, you definitely because yeah. you already you already know I spent my checks. You already know you can you look did. at me. And, and I feel you know, like I told you that before you did. You, got you the said job. Edgar before you get hired. Listen to this podcast. The you sent me I that met podcast, Edgar. I was just like, I'm your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now your aunt, and I want you to do it right, son. <laughs> and he immediately didn't listen to me. Yeah, just like yeah. all my aunts. It's great. Before we get out of here, I, I want people to know some of the dope shit you're doing. Some Ooh. of the yeah, we haven't. I know we haven't touched on that but like you have you and since you've been on the last time yes your resume has grown your dopeness as far as the things that people can see has grown so what is what's some stuff that you want people to know about some stuff you want people to see yeah some I'm, things you're I'm doing. really proud of what i'm proud of this year man i put out that album karate you can yeah, check that out on spotify and itunes yeah I put out a podcast that I'm very proud of. Uh, my friend Lauren Domino and I put out a podcast called The Secret Lives of Black Women. Mm-hmm. And we exclusively interview black women. And at the end of each podcast, we ask them what's their secret. The whole point of the podcast is to try to, you know, it's is to get life advice essentially from black women. Yeah. Um, Lauren and I are both children of Oprah. <laughs> so it's very much a positive, uplifting, encouraging, like it's, Anyone can listen to it, but I really wanted a space for black women. Yeah. Um, especially now in this time when I feel like our emotions are being assaulted <laughs> by mean, what's going out on out in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm super proud of the episodes we've had. We just record. We just started recording season two. Nice. Uh, the last episode of season one just aired. And where's that at? That's everywhere. You can get that on Spotify, on yes. iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, on Google Play, I hear. Um, so, like, wherever shout you get your podcasts, uh, shout out. You can get Shout out to the Let's not get too blasphemous in here. Shout out to that Android. I, I yeah. use Spotify like every like red every blood in America. Human. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. That's where we intersect, y'all. Right. <laughs> uh, so those are the things I'm mostly working on. And. 
I guess, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm writing my own projects. I'm, I'm staffed on a show right now. I'm on Last OG. That's been really fun. Yeah. Season three. That is OG. the, uh, the, uh, Tracy, Tracy, uh, Tracy Jordan. Morgan. Or Tracy, Jordan, Tracy yeah. Morgan show. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm very happy that show is continuing. Yeah, uh, because it didn't, just the original previews didn't seem like a show that people would give a chance to. Yeah. On TBS, especially. Yeah. Uh, how's Keenan as a, as a showrunner? He's he, he know he's my first black showrunner. Wow, Thompson? Uh, no, Keenan no. Ivory Wayne. <laughs> oh, yeah, Keenan Thompson Wayne. is doubling between <laughs> New York and here to run Last OG. <laughs> I didn't know Keenan Thompson was a showrunner. Uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne was a showrunner. That's dope. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, um, it's been really cool. It's been really cool. He um is he's very family oriented. I mean, it's truly like <laughs> yeah yeah. I would, like I would imagine that a he is. black. It's a black ass room. Real wow. talk. <laughs> you know, that's like. Great. It's the first room where it's majority black. There are like half the room is white, but there's just like six black writers and five white writers, oh, which wow. is really significant. Yeah. Like I've never been in a room where I've been the majority. I've never been in a room where my showrunner is black. It, it all matters. And mm. I think writers rooms are not, you know, they're just not like regular jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so no one, I, I don't have the expectation anymore that they're going to be like regular jobs. Yeah. You don't have a, re a regular schedule. You don't, yeah. you know, it's just like no structure, but I do have to say having a black showrunner has been, uh, monumentally, um, it's been amazing. It's been great. I've loved having a black showrunner. And it's also a man who has so much knowledge. I mean, He's That's been working the thing. for it's just decades. Like, this man has been in this industry for a very long time. Yeah. It's also like you're, you're watching like his siblings will come in and sit in on the writer's room and oh, wow. pitch and talk to us and everybody's super nice. And like, it's, it's just, <laughs> I mean, I can't describe it you know i mean i can <laughs> i mean writer. he's an institution um, he kind of is and i think that's part of it i'm just like watching this person bring you know like he encourages us to bring our family if you know someone we know is interested like my little sister is interested i was gonna I say have yeah. her come in and sit in the room and like you know it's just that's super so encouraging dope. and wow. super like you can do it and he's very good at you know encouraging us as whatever he he i think the first day he sat us down he said you guys are all stars and i was just like <laughs> <laughs> so i've seen that, that cry nice. before i've seen that cry before you've seen it i cry ugly cry um i said i've seen you been moved at sundance the last day you yes. let it out yeah i cried the last day of sundance because i was overwhelmed <laughs> and overworked <laughs> Um, and I have since started meditating and um, <laughs> listening to Dave Ramsey, who's a financial guru that I listen to. Oh, and, write that down. Um, he's super Christian, and that's pretty annoying. But you just got to remove the Christian part. Yeah, just good? remove the Christian part. And he's like super anti-social. Like he doesn't like socialism. He's one of those oh, people who doesn't even like the word socialism, which uh -huh. I never respect because I'm like you haven't thought about it. Um, yeah, right. You just haven't thought. You haven't thought it. through yeah. this, but I also think he gives super basic foundational financial advice, and it's 100% improved and transformed my life. And I'm super grateful to the information. Like the information is mad basic. He has seven baby steps. <laughs> the first baby step is save a thousand dollars. The next one is pay off all your debt except for your house. The next one is save a three to six month emergency fund. All things I did not have. <laughs> you know, like oh, all wow. things I I didn't know. I didn't have like a a checklist of like how to get my money right, you know, and now mm. I feel so much more relaxed. Like now yeah. I, that's why I'm in a place this year when I work the most, but I'm also the most financially stable because 
I had a plan because I was listening mm. to Dave Ramsey and I was like going on his website and I have a budget and I'm just like a super nerd about <laughs> budgets now. Yeah. So that's what happened this year. I became a nerd <laughs> about money and it's changed my life for the better. And I'm out of this paycheck to paycheck cycle and I feel super blessed and I'm meditating and I'm going to yoga. You know, I'm eating a lot of sugar. That happens when you're in a writer's room. Like you just eat garbage, but I mean, yeah, I'm trying to fix that's that. That's the next thing to fix. But otherwise, yeah. that's my life. You know what? I feel like if anyone listened to this episode and they really paid attention, you dropped some gems that could really Ooh. fuck up some people's lives. Fuck it up, y'all. <laughs> fuck up fuck some people. Fuck up yeah. some people's lives. Let me go get my life fucked up. <laughs> Let me real get my quick. life fucked up. Let me talk, pop on this culture king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been super dope having you on and and listening. I'm sorry I disappeared for a little bit. You were worried. Man. Uh, it's okay. It's yeah, right. I made a joke about good. you dying, and I was like, yeah, yo, this nigga dies outside. <laughs> You'll feel really bad. Out. <laughs> uh, what if this is it, guys? What if this is what if the next episode Edgar has to he got better, but he eventually died that day. Yeah. <laughs> and I still recorded the next episode. Hey, <laughs> Giovanni, you here? Yeah, let's just get this shit in. Like, <laughs> yeah. Can I make a can I make a quick little shout out uh to I mean this guy's a super mega celebrity, but I feel like for like two or three days it was popping on on online, on social media. And I know people have his, uh, you know, thoughts about him, but I think it's important to, like, mention when bl- a black person makes history. So I want to shout out uh, the opening of that Tyler Perry studio. Yeah. Mm. Which is fucking beautiful. It's huge. Like, it it's is kind of It's the crazy. biggest studio. Yeah. You can fit every studio in L.A. inside his studio, yes, apparently. it's insane. A lot of that is it's in Atlanta and not Los Angeles. But still, I think it's dope to think, a black man owns the yes. largest studio in America. Yeah. Uh that's that's pretty fucking dope. So I just wanted to mention that and shout out that this is only the start, hopefully. Hopefully yeah. we'll start owning really cool. having yeah. black men and black women and 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 people of color being the fucking top dogs of everything yeah. in this industry. And that's that's the start of it. So yeah, I want to want to mention that. I've been yeah, been thinking about that. Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Uh, still won't watch any of his movies. I was gonna say, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> have I think you watched? I have, of course. Okay. I have, okay. of course. Yeah, yeah. I watched the plays. I watched the movies. I used to love the plays. I love the plays. Yeah, they're fun. I love to hate um Diary of an Angry Black Woman. Oh, it does. I truly yeah. watch it over and over, and it gets worse, which means it gets better. It's <laughs> right. amazingly bad. It's amazing. That's yeah. where she's bathing. That nigga movie. makes no sense to me. The which same one? what? Where she's bathing it, right? Because he like oh, gets yeah. disabled, and she's like. Do it yourself. I don't she know. has to give him a bag. Yeah, what do you mean you don't understand that scene? It's so clear, dude. It's one of the clearest scenes in the movie. Why is she helping that nigga? She just but the funniest him. part of that movie, he starts like he starts drowning and he's like fluttering, like his mouth is like <laughs> fluttering in the water, and it was it's just the funniest scene I've ever seen in my life. It's so and then that silly. scene where he drags her out when he has his mistress and yes, she's yeah. like trying to try on the clothes yeah. and she looks insane, and I'm just like, this is truly a gem, honestly. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so and then bad. she falls in love with that light skin mover. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And his braids are a clear wig. And I'm just like, there were black people doing hair on this movie. And you guys did this? This looks awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, oh, so, it's, it's funny too because Tyler Perry oh has God. been in other dope shit. Yeah. That's I mean, not his own. No, he's a good actor. Yeah, oh which is so God. funny. It's such a good um, movie. But uh, yeah, that movie's wild. 
that movie as well. But, but yeah, you know, you're right. It's a 100 an inspiring story yeah. that you know you. Why if did you I sit get down, married? Is also great. Too. Oh yeah. You, Why did I get married? Is good. It's good. I fucked with that. Yeah. Movie. You, you Why sit did down, I get married you do too? The work. You can do it all. Yeah. Yeah. You put can on do the it dress. All. Yeah. You know. <laughs> sell out your gender and race at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And you could be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> and then little that's kids. That's what Yeah. Little kids everywhere will be putting on wigs and dresses and selling out as well. And then you've changed you the world. You changed the world, yeah. bro. Amazing. No, it's truly, no, truly, it's an amazing accomplishment. It's, it's really an amazing cool. accomplishment. Really cool. Like I said, really I know cool, people bro. have feelings yeah. about no, him in general, yeah, but, but I think it's, it's crazy because sure. he ain't the first person to do some of the shit that he's done. Yeah, Martin Lawrence ain't got no studio. <laughs> right, Martin right. Lawrence ain't got no studio. <laughs> 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 so... So oh he did something right. Yeah, yeah. he did something. Yeah. Yeah. Did something. <laughs> oh my god, Charlotte, thank you so much for thank coming. Thank you so for having us. Oh, so we're stream karate, stream yes. karate, everybody. Yeah, stream you can karate. find me at Charlotte Larson across all platforms. Check out Secret Lives of Black Women. Check out Karate. Thank you so much, guys. Hell yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You can find Edgar at Edgar Montplazier on the Twitter or Awful Graham on the Instagram. What's your LinkedIn? You know what? I don't know. I don't know mine either. At Jaquise Neal on every single piece of social media. Guys, you know the deal. We know that it's true. You know that I'm right. Fall is here. And because <laughs> fall is here, stop buying our tank tops. Stop I buying mean, our t-shirts. Just buy our sweaters. Because I mean, it's yeah, fall. It's, that's the more expensive shit. So yeah, go buy that. <laughs> yeah, go absolutely. Buy them, go buy them $40 hoodies absolutely. that we get. <laughs> yeah, we got $45 hoodies. I remember I saw the price and I said, niggas have been buying this? <laughs> like, that's crazy. No, that's why they buying t-shirts. That's true. <laughs> and uh, stickers. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of stickers. <laughs> a lot of people be like, I'll support the Kings. I'll buy a $3 sticker. <laughs> uh, we only get 30% of that. You do the math. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, shout out to uh, tbubble.com slash culture kings if you want to hop on some culture Kings merch mm -hmm. uh i i actively want to make our social media a little more active <laughs> yes uh so help us do that at culture kings pod interact with us a lot more we're gonna start hopefully posting more besides just episode pictures yeah yeah on Give our you instagram maybe you guys are a dope fan base yeah we love you guys we we, we you guys deserve more yeah we've dropped the ball it's on us hmm uh, but that's all I got to say. Hey, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. We will be back. <laughs> <laughs>